Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Good morning, everybody. It's Dave Neal, February 23rd, 2024, and it's Friday. Baby, we got it all for you today. We're going to make you feel good on that ride to work. If not heading to work, wherever the heck you're going or coming from, maybe, just maybe, you are doing a walk of shame this morning. Maybe you went out Thursday night. Maybe you got a little lucky with that coworker, and you got to put the same outfit on tomorrow. You know how it is. You're like, all right, I got one pantsuit. I need to spice this puppy up. Well, guess what? It's Friday. Come on. Let's air it out with Friday I'm in Love, The Cure. Every rom-com needs this song right here. Embrace it. Feel good, folks. You made it. It's Friday. I don't care if Monday's blue, Tuesday's gray, and Wednesday too. Thursday, I don't care about you, I'm in love. Sing it with me. Tuesday, Wednesday, break my heart. Move those hips. Friday, I'm in love. And I'm in love with you guys, really. What a fantastic, what a nice little relationship we're building over here at the Bachelor Rush Hour podcast. I'm really loving y'all and what we're doing out here. And speaking of love, it's in the air for Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. But you're always going to piss somebody off. This is the truth. You're always going to piss somebody off. PETA reacts to the Sydney Zoo date. You know, here they are enjoying some koalas, trying to get a little nookie in the sloth exhibit, whatever the hell they're doing. And PETA said, not on our watch, bitch. That's what they say. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's Sydney Zoo date was cute and all, but PETA says they should have been mindful of how the animals are treated, handled in this type of environment. What they should have done is sat on a park bench and not blinked or else you're going to offend somebody. Debbie Metzler, PETA Foundation director of captive animal welfare uses Taylor's own song against her to make her point telling TMZ while we understand all too well the appeal of seeing Australia's wildlife PETA hopes that next time Taylor and Travis want to see wild animals they'll spend their time and money at a true sanctuary look I get it I get it we don't need dolphins hanging out in pools they belong in the ocean animals belong in the wild I don't know most of these zoos say well we rescued so and so and they can I don't know I I don't know whatever they need to say to sleep at night. All I'm trying to say is dare you get in the way of a good time for my lady Taylor and my man, Travis. Um, they added that a sanctuary is a better choice because visitors aren't allowed to feed, touch the animals. What if the animals want to be touched? What if their love language is touch? And they're like, I can't believe I get to live in a zoo where people pet me. Now I understand we had tiger King in yesterday. I understand how predatory a lot of zoos are, these petting zoos and you know, they'll take, lions and dose them with drugs so that you'll love them, whatever. I get it. I'm not, I'm just saying every once in a while, you got to feed a kangaroo at a zoo. That's just what you got to do. And, um, but I, I bet you Taylor, I mean, at some point it's amazing. She's as good a human as she is because she's pissed off so many people by her just living her life and being so famous that look, PETA doesn't care whether or not Taylor Swift goes to the zoo. They're attaching their name to her. It's the same reason why people make articles about, uh, you know, Joe Rogan, because they're 
they're attaching their name to the algorithm. I'm not that famous or that popular, but if I were, people would be writing articles about Power Recap or Dave Neal says it's okay for Taylor Swift to go to the zoo. I'm not saying anything. I just say every once in a while, you need to eat an edible and go stare at a koala. Just live a little. You know what I mean? All right. In other news, oh boy, this is a big story. Didn't think we were rolling cameras, but the video has surfaced. Uh, two days ago, we had the incredible, I mean, one of the best eight minutes you're ever going to see, the incredible no-hitter thrown by Clayton Eckerd's lawyer, Woodnick Law. They are in court, of course, with Jane Doe uh, over this crackpot paternity case. Uh, Clayton got a blowjob, or actually two blow. he got two blowies. Um, and uh, not at the Sydney Zoo, as far as we know. Uh, although that would be one you know, thing to drive the animals wild. The giraffe's like, what's that guy getting over there? Uh, we don't have that. We can't do that with our long necks. Maybe you can. I don't know. I don't know the biology, how it works. Uh, everyone deserves love. Can a giraffe 69? That's not a question I thought I would be asking on air, but here we are. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going to get someone who's a zoologist. Actually, Dave, in the 1960s, you know, whatever. I can't tell you how many people have sent me that stingray story of the stingray having an immaculate conception. I'll tell you this, most conceptions regardless of how you see them, are not immaculate at all. Kind of messy. All right, that's love, folks. That's Friday, and this is love. Anyway, I'm digressing pretty far. So the video has surfaced of the court hearing in Arizona from Wednesday. I'll tell you what, I'll give you like the first two minutes of it. I don't want to bog you down too much, but this uh, video was shared by azcentral.com, uh, which is Arizona's go-to I don't know, uh, 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 newspaper. I don't know. what. I don't know if they have a hard copy. I think they're a subsidiary of USA Today. And these are the opening statements as to why Clayton Eckerd's side says they need more time. And then we'll, we're going to hear Jane Doe's side say they actually have evidence coming in that she was pregnant. Oh boy, can't we wait to see that? Have a listen. Good morning, Your Honor. Corey Keith appearing on behalf of Petitioner Laura Owens, myself and client are both present appearing in person. Good morning to you both and from the respondent. Uh, good morning, Judge. Greg Woodnick. I've got Clayton Eckerd with me and my associate Isabel Ranney is behind me. And of course, Greg Woodnick has to bring his associate Isabel because Greg was accused of being in a rape conspiracy against Jane Doe, even though he had never met her. So when it comes time for him to do any legal proceedings, he makes sure he's not alone, lest he be accused of crazy, crazy crimes by the other party. Good morning to all three of you. All right. This is the time set for status conference. As the parties both know, a motion to continue was filed. Mr. Woodnick, that was your motion, so I'll allow you to go first. Judge, thank you. Uh, as the court is aware from the pleadings, we have zero disclosure. And I don't think zero is an understatement. Uh, I did speak with uh, counsel in the hallway. He indicated that disclosure was forthcoming maybe as soon as later this week. Um, I'll believe it when I see it, but in any event, we are not prepared to go to trial next I'll week. believe it when I see it. Well, their disclosure was uh, it was eaten by the dog. The dog ate the disclosure. On any of the remaining issues, because we have nothing. I'm asking the court to reset the trial for 45, 60 days, whatever your court's, the court's availability is. And I'm asking the court to give us two hours. Um, All right, counsel. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, Your Honor, we're not opposing the motion to continue the trial. We're Good. in agreement with um, the need for the continuance on the trial. I did want to address, um, we received the ruling regarding our motion for confidentiality this morning. There has been new evidence um, 
threats to my client's life that were made to her on Facebook since the pleading practice regarding the motion practice regarding um, that motion for confidentiality. So I did want to have the opportunity to address that with the court, assuming that the court's position still remains the same with. All right. So anyway, this is the first few minutes of uh, an eight minute long clip. I'm going to break this down uh, more intensely on YouTube as you'll be able to see what's going on. Hey, this is what your taxpayer dollars are going towards. A babe, a miscarried set of twins from a blowjob, folks. Can't make it up. This is 2024. You know, 2020, we had the pandemic. Oh, how could the next year be worse than this next year? Something crazy happens next thing you know we're unearthing new like mini aliens in the mexican uh you know judicial you know senate you know whatever they've got these ancient inca aliens and then all of a sudden you know clayton and jane doe are like hold our beers we're gonna actually outdo you we're gonna have throat children so anyhow I'm going to cover this deep, deeper, uh, uh, more more deeply, <laughs> either way, uh, extensively, we will be covering this in today's YouTube video, probably first video of the day. So I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, you can run over to YouTube and look for that uh, pretty wild stuff going on. Uh, but we do have a response from, I guess, a friend of the program, a court, um, or excuse me, a psych, a psych uh, analyst, I hope I have that right, who's explaining what's going on with some of these death threats. Now, I must tell you, um, I don't know who's behind the quote-unquote death threat to Jane Doe, but I want no violence thrown her way. We just want the court system to uh, bring truth to light and you know punish anyone who's lied and abused the court system for their own gain. That's all we want is truth and justice, right? And that justice isn't vigilante justice where people harass her or physically threaten her, this or that. No, not whatsoever. What we do know is the person behind the account that um, made death threats to Jane Doe uh, actually used, and I could be wrong, but I think we have enough evidence to say that person used photos of somebody, I guess somebody's mom who's in our Patreon. So essentially made a Facebook account, harvested an account, or had a fake Facebook account, took photos of somebody whose mom is in our, or daughter, I don't know, one or the other, is in our Facebook, or excuse me, our Patreon account. And I'm wondering, and and I think rightfully so, would someone have tried to plant this um, death threat on my fan base or on me? Do you know what I mean? It's beyond crazy. I truly hope the FBI finds out who's behind the death threat. You would think they'd be able to. It's like, who the hell's behind the account? Find it. You know what I mean? But you know, there's VPNs and who knows? Maybe it's Chase J. Jones. We'll just never know. I tell you what, I'm going to share what the psych evaluator had to say right after this. You know, when you've been covering a case like this the way I have, I get dozens of emails a day, dozens of Instagram, really great people sharing their stories with me. It becomes quite overwhelming. And so many times, I don't even know who's listening. I didn't know that the psychologist uh, that Reality Steve interviewed was a big listener. Heck, there might be court judges who listen to this for all we know, as we're kind of like the leading, I don't know, uh, content creators slash journalists that are covering this story. Well, we have Lauren Nidai. I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. By the way, one of the best, um, loveliest voices I've heard. I mean, she really does just sound so... I want to listen to her talk while I go to bed. That's all. Just please read the phone book for me, Lauren. I mean, absolutely sound lovely. Either way, she made a video last month regarding her 
personal opinion on Jane Doe being a psych evaluator, because, you know, as I've said, you know, what's she going to do? What's Jane Doe going to do? Is she going to plead insanity? Is she going to like say she was insane or temporary insanity when she was buying the baby bump that she used to pretend she was still pregnant? Like, what the hell is going on here? Well, Lauren says that's not what's going to happen. Have a listen. Harassment and, you know, that in itself is questionable. Um, That's bullshit, too. Dave Neal is about as responsible for Laura Owens receiving harassment as he is for my dog getting sick after he eats a grape off the floor. Dave Neal didn't tell my dog not to eat the grape, right? He's not here. He doesn't know us. Uh, but he didn't tell my dog not to eat the grape, and now my dog is sick. Don't eat the grape. So I'm going to call the FBI. Dave Neal's about as responsible for Laura Owens receiving harassment as he is for me stubbing my toe when I'm running up the stairs. Don't stub your toe. Dave Neal didn't tell me to watch my step. I should have known that. I knew I was doing something reckless, but Dave Neal didn't tell me not to. Watch your step, Lord. I think somebody is harassing you because you seek out their content or you go to read comments behind a paywall. You are paying to read those comments. That's kind of like if I walked outside to my neighbor's mailbox, broke it open, and read a letter another neighbor had written that said mean things about me. Uh, and then I was like, oh my God, I have to badger the local police about this. Now, it's different if somebody were to send her a message uh, harassing her or her family. Uh, but again, like just given how she's behaved and her credibility at this point, it's hard to believe that a lot of those messages weren't actually sent to her by her. Yeah, no, and yeah, absolutely, Lauren. And by the way, great analogies you made there. Thanks for coming to bat for me. I really appreciate that. Uh, love, love your analysis. Very calm, measured. Uh, you know, in 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 my world, I, I I judge people by how competent they sound. And I haven't checked your credentials or anything, but you sound like you know what the hell you're talking about. So, by the way, Lauren actually then, you know, she has a 11 minute long video. If you go to Lauren Nidi, N E I D I G H. What by the way is that Gaelic? Are you Irish? That sounds very Gaelic. Um, whenever I see G H is thrown in the mix, I just feel like it's Irish. Either way, Lauren comments about an anecdotal character story of Clayton Eckerd, where Clayton actually helped her with her mental health, which you love to see it. At the very least, what I would love when this is all said and done, look, I can't say I'll ever expect um, Jane Doe to be cured of whatever the hell she's going through, but if there becomes a platform larger for Clayton to speak, I would love that. And by the way, so I'm going to share what she had to say in a second, but I got to tell you guys, I can now announce well, I don't have the ticket link, so I'm not going to say the location. But when I have the ticket link, maybe in a couple of days, I'll share it with you. I've got a stand-up show that will be March 28th in Scottsdale, Arizona. Clayton Eckerd will be a guest of the show. We are going to do a live Q&A. We're going to be handing out roses, maybe some drinks to some folks. We're going to have a good time. I can't promise we're going to address this situation much, but if you want to support me or him or both of us, those, you know, buy some tickets to that show. If you buy a ticket to the show, but can't make it, hold on to the ticket to the show and I will get you a video copy of that show. How does that sound? Does that sound fair? So anyhow, I appreciate everyone for your support because people, oh, I wish you were coming to my town. I won't be there. Hey, we'll get you a digital copy if you want to see it. Um, and, and, you know, by, by buying a ticket, but anyway, we'll, we'll iron out those details later. Here's Lauren's um, uh, sir, uh, I should say anecdotal story of how Clayton was pretty good to her. Back, um, just I was having a hard time, and I felt like he was somebody who deals with like criticism and, um, 
like unwarranted negativity with a lot of grace. I will say that he sent me back a 10 minute video um, with a lot of really nice advice. He was very like, I felt like it was very personal um, and he was super open about kind of his feelings and stuff like that. And that made me feel a lot better. Not to mention, I didn't even get charged for it. <laughs> didn't ask about the case and he didn't talk about it. So after seeing that and just being around mental health um, as long as I have, any organization who has, you know, cut him out of the picture because of these accusations and because of what he's going through should really be ashamed of themselves. Wow. Very, very powerful words by Lauren there. Hey, Lauren, you're a friend of our program. If I can ever be a, I don't know, a, a, uh, a, a, a person you need to bounce your thoughts or ideas off of, by all means, don't be afraid to reach out. I appreciate what you're doing out there. And I think, I think you could have a lot more, I know you're not really trying to do YouTube. You say you're a streamer. I think you could be diving into YouTube and using your very, you know, we all, I always say this about everybody. We all have a unique perspective on life. Sometimes we don't think our perspective or skill set is unique because it's easy to us. Um, and when you're in your flow state, when you're going down the river, you just things feel like they're, they, they work. And I have this mantra that I really like and I want to share it with everybody. Isn't it nice that everything's working out? You know, we're always so worried about all the ways things aren't working out or I, I've got this resistance. I'm swimming up this river. Just take a deep breath. Know whatever you're putting your time and energy into or whatever you're putting your thoughts into, just know it's all working itself out. Just keep having that faith. And Lauren, I think you could, I think you could definitely get into the YouTube world. I mean, you got a great voice on a physical level. It sounds really nice, you know, very pleasant sounding voice. And you're also like super informative. So I'm all for it. Okay. I got to rush through a lot of news and we got a lot to get to, but I had to get that all off my chest. Uh, we'll be back right after this. In more Bachelor news, Matt James has a People.com article out where the title is Matt James Promises Special Proposal for Rachel Kirkconnell Three Years Post-Bachelor. Can you believe it's been three years? By the way, I know Rachel lives in the Atlanta area. I got to book a stand-up show in Atlanta because let me tell you something. I would be so honored to have Rachel Kirkconnell on Driving with Dave. It might be my favorite episode. I don't know why. I just get good vibes from her, and I would love to hear more of her story. The former Bachelor told People at a Samsung event that he and Kirkconnell wouldn't be together uh, if they didn't share the same goal of getting engaged. I know a lot of people ask this. They clearly didn't get engaged on the show. They're moving on their own timeline, but guess what? They're still together, and not everyone can say the same. They met on The Bachelor season 25, and while they didn't leave the show engaged, James and Kirk Connell decided to embark on a relationship. Blah, 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 we know how it all went. It's about doing whatever you're doing at your own pace, whether that's the relationship, your job, exercise, James told people on Wednesday. If you do things that other people want you to do and you don't consider y'all's feelings, then I think that is a recipe for disaster. Even though James didn't pop the question on The Bachelor, the former college football player assures he and Kirk Connell see an engagement in the future. We wouldn't be together if that wasn't the same goal. I'm definitely excited for what the future looks like with us. I am too. They seem like good folks. They're very creative and um, they seem like they're always having a good time. I know the truth is never the same as what we see on social media, but if it's any indicator, they look like they they look like they got out of that thing alive, you know, and not everybody does. Survivor host Jeff Probst is ready to get tougher at Tribal Council. The kinder, gentler new era of Survivor that began with season 41 
has, for the most part, featured casts of players who now seem more inclined as a jury to build people up at final tribal council rather than tear them down. But the post-COVID stretch of seasons has also featured a more genial host. And that move was very much intentional. When the new era started, I was definitely full of positivity, and I wanted to be a show that parents felt good about watching with their kids, Jeff Probst tells EW. There was so much going on in the world. I wanted to say, hey man, this is a safe show. We're still going to talk about uncomfortable things. You'll still root for and against people and all that stuff. But there's going to be an era of, come on man, let's just do this. Let's figure it out. Let's bring a bunch of people together from different walks of life. Let's just have some fun and play a game. Somebody wins. A lot of people lose. All right, but that era of complete positivity and good vibes may be starting to shift just a bit. Not only did several players in the Survivor 46 cast predict explosions and arguments this season after spending a few days together on location before the game began, but they may no longer be getting a free pass from the Master of Ceremonies at Tribal Council. I did find a different part of my personality coming out at Tribal, he said about the upcoming Survivor 46, which premieres February 28th on CBS, and I think you're going to see it and feel it. What do you guys think? Should I be watching this uh, Survivor? I think I'll watch it. I've been um, watching past seasons, but um, you know, you hate it when you get spoiled, so I think I'll have to watch it live with you guys. All right. We mentioned the other day that there was a Love is Blind star who got in a lot of heat for saying her doppelganger was Megan Fox. Well, Julia Fox supports Love is Blind star Chelsea Blackwell's Megan Fox comparison, says, I see it. I don't know why we need Julia Fox to say that. Is it just because they have the same last name? Either way, Julia was one of many Love is Blind fans who came across Chelsea's video and vouched for her in the comments section writing, don't worry, sis, I see it. You know what? I mean, I don't know if you're watching the new season of Love is Blind. I am. I've kind of been falling asleep to it every night. So I'm kind of like getting bits and pieces. Then I'll wake up and there'll be somebody crying for no reason. I never know what's going on. Uh, but so far, so good. Pretty good season. Well, there's a cast member that I, I guess is having some issues. His name, I don't even know what his name is. Um, his name is Jeremy. And I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but he, he wrote this on Instagram uh, yesterday, he said, okay, got it, enough. The amount of hate myself and other cast members have received is over the top. We all had the courage to put ourselves in the public eye to watch an experiment unfold. For you, it's entertainment. For us, it was a part of life at an accelerated pace. Unfortunately for the world, filming 8 to 10 hours a day isn't enough. Next time, we'll recommend having cameras attached 24-7. We'll make sure everyone is perfect at every moment and nothing but blunted, boring moments happen. While everyone is entitled to their opinions, it's effing wild to make assumptions about everyone based without one knowing us, and two, being involved in any way, and three, not being a part of the other thousands of hours of footage that's captured. Everyone will get their chance to speak when the time is right. Until then, we all get it. I got to tell you, I love it. You know, there's two types of people in this world, those that have uh, been shamed and those that haven't. And if anyone's been shamed out there or ostracized or bullied, and for the most case, those people understand how much it sucks and they give each other more grace. Um, and then there's people that feel like their shit don't stink. I am here professionally as in the member of society of professional journalists. I am here to tell you that your shit does stink. And you could be just as bad of a villain on any of these shows as the next guy. That's just how it works, folks. It's the world we live in. It's Friday, baby. And I'm in love. What do you guys say? All 
right, have a good day at work or doing that walk of shame or whatever the hell you got going on there. Have a blessed day. Go check me out on YouTube. I'll be live on Patreon at noon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Timing might change as I'll be acquiring a Driving with Dave episode. Lots to go with, but don't forget the most important thought of the day. Isn't it great that everything's working out? Say say it with me five times. Isn't it great that everything's working out? We'll catch you guys this afternoon. As always, I'm Dave Neal. And this is Bachelor Rush Hour. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush. Come <laughs> on.